it's about that time. For the inside trim. You know that nasty trim. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Are you ready? And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? What is up, wrestling fans? This is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. My name is Brandon Olinger, a.k.a. Brando. Joined alongside my main partner in crime, Ben, the talent, I'm just not the dick joke guy, Watson. (laughs) Don't wind up on your back, bro! <laughs> and your voice is getting better than ever, Ben. Oh man, it sounds good. Beautiful. Um, all, right. all right, this is episode number twenty-three of our podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners for tuning into this week's episode and all other episodes. Give us a follow on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. Find our Facebook page and like it, the Inside Trip. If you want to send us an email, please do so. We've had some great emails lately to the yeah. Inside Trip One at Gmail dot com. The Inside Trip One at Gmail dot com. I love when we get those emails, man. I do, too. I, I do love too. feedback. So I'd like to share a little feedback that we got recently on, what was it called? The, the, wrestle, the Wrestler Insider? Um, the Wrestling Insider. The wrestling it's a insider. Facebook group. So apparently they posted our podcast on there because they were talking about an Inside Trip series. Thank um, you. Thank you very much, yeah, by the way. Thanks for doing that. And um, our dude Rodney Williams um, hit us up with a, little bit of, with a little bit of feedback, you know, which we love feedback, right? Uh, he said, you know, they haven't been around long. True. True. Uh, I discovered them a couple months ago when they were one of the first to get an interview with Pat Downey. Well, we were the first and the only. True. Uh, thanks, Rodney, on that one. Their style gives a nod to Blood Round. Definitely. We love Blood Round. Shout out to Clanch and Tommy B. Dudes are awesome. Been great mentors, great resources. Yeah. Their style oh, okay, I hate the intro music. Sweet, man. Well, that's kind of messed up, Rodney. Well, <laughs> whatever. Um, and it's, it's, last, I'm really appreciative of this last little bit of feedback. And Ben Watson's voice gets on my nerves. Thanks, Rodney. Um, you know, I don't really know what to say about that. Maybe my voice gets on your nerves because you hear it too often when I'm coming over to visit your mama, you know, when she winds up on her back, bro. But uh, I don't know why you don't like my voice, homie. But uh, shout out to you anyways. And your mama. I said hi. <laughs> God. Um, you know what? I think that is great feedback from Rodney. And Rodney, I'm glad you posted that. <laughs> F Rodney. I only agree with you on one of the things, though. Look, the intro music is the tits, Rodney. I'm a big intro music guy. It is awesome. But Ben's voice, I hear you, man. Oh, shit. I hear God. you. I got to listen to yeah, it all the time, Yeah, he hears me, too. I got to listen to it all the time, bro. You are not visiting anybody's mama. I tell Miss Williams you I said hi. You don't even visit your own mama. Tell Miss Williams I said hi. Whatever. Miss Williams winds up on her back, bro. You know it's not right to talk about other people's mama. Yeah, you know it's not right to mess up with somebody's voice, dog. God gave me this voice. What am I supposed to do with it? Change it? Maybe not talk as much? Hey, maybe Rodney, I should talk more like this. And uh, so today on the Inside Trip, we're going to talk about some wrestling. I like that. I'm just playing, Rodney. Thanks for listening, homie. Hit us up, maybe. Um, We'll talk some wrestling. (laughs) A shout-out to Mike Wilson, one of our listeners. He's one of our early listeners. We interact with him on Twitter. Um, You know, he kind of uh, let us know that uh, our uh, link was posted on this website. So really shout-out to him. He's a good dude. He's from uh, northern Kentucky. Uh, Loves to talk wrestling. So shout-out to him, too. Are you okay, Ben? That's all I got. Are you man. feeling salty? You a little salty? Yeah, but dude, when somebody disrespects you, they disrespected my music. Yeah, but you know what? That's I, the intro music, bro. I had to go after his mama. I had to go after it. Do you need a hug? 
Nah, I'm good. I'll hug you. Rodney, no, I'm just playing. I will hug you. You got all your clothes on today, Look, so Rodney looks like you. a dude that lives with his mom, so he would know if I'm over there, and he knows that I'm not. Jesus, Ben, leave this boy alone. All right, I'm done. All right, man. Get him. We're a little late this week with our podcast because uh, my boy Ben here decided he needed to take another vacation during podcast season. Always <laughs> taking these trips. This time, where'd you go? Philadelphia. How was it? Uh, I ate six cheesesteaks in five days. Are you kidding me? No, I ate two of them. So everybody knows Pat's and Gino's, right? They're the two like famous cheesesteak places. That, you know. Now, I ate some other ones as well. I thought Penn Station was the famous yeah, cheesesteak place. Yeah, I do like Penn Station. <laughs> so we were leaving the city to go to the Burbs for the wedding, so we went there for a wedding. Um, and this was the last chance I was going to have Pat and Gino's, and I hadn't had it yet. I had Jim's. I had the Knicks. Uh, shout out to Kevin Clonch for telling me about the Knicks. I had a couple other ones. Went there, and I was like, dude, I got to try them both. Thinking I would just eat half of each one. I ate them both, man. How big were they? I mean, they're, they're probably like eight to ten inch cheesesteaks, and I ate them both in one sitting. Did you really? Yeah. I'm how'd you feel? When, how, how'd you feel when you were done with that? I mean, I was sweating cheese whiz. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, Gino's is the best. Shout out to Gino's uh, cheesesteaks. Um, really? Yeah, they were the best. And uh, Philly was awesome. The Rocky steps were blocked off because they're doing the NFL draft. But my wife and I were able to still do the Rocky statute and um, stand where the Rocky statute was in the movie. Um, got to see some other things. Got to see the Liberty Bell, you know, went to a couple museums. Did you ring it? Oh, yeah. I rang that bell on vacation hard. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. Once. <laughs> Maybe twice. Anyways, let's talk to some wrestling. You want to talk to some wrestling? Yeah. It was a good trip. It, it was a really nice trip, man. Yeah. Good. I'm glad to have you back, bud. All right, dude. We got a lot to talk about today. I don't know. We, we try to keep these things around an hour. Um, I can't guarantee that's where this one's going to be this week because I think there's a lot to talk about that we haven't touched on. Um, for those of you that have been living in a cave for the past couple of months, this is a big, big week for wrestling. We've got the U.S. Open out in Las Vegas. We've got the Greco Senior World Team Trials for the men. We've got the Senior Women's Freestyle World Team Trials going on out there. We've also got the, uh, I believe, what, Junior we got the Junior Nationals out yeah, there as junior, well, right? Yeah. Is Cadet out there as well? UWW Juniors. Yeah. And UWW, uh, juniors Free and Greco are out there now. Okay, no, no Cadets. And there's the Masters Division. And there's the Masters. So uh, slap on a singlet, guys. <laughs> we putting one on? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. So um, big, big week, you know, big week coming up for that, big weekend for this. Um, there's going to be some great matches. We're going to touch on possibly, you know, some of those possible matches here in a little bit. Um, I I think everybody's kind of heard about the devastating news that hit the wrestling community oh, recently. Uh, the whole Boise State issue. We're probably going to touch on that a little bit. Uh, first, though, I got. Have you had a chance to watch the Helen Marulis documentary on Flow? Only watched the first. Uh, the first one. I, I'm pumped to watch the second Dude, one. I, got, I went out of town right when the second one came out. It's awesome. Yeah, the it, first one was sweet. It is awesome. Like, I, you know, I'll tell you what. Like, we've talked about Flow Wrestling in the past. You know, I think they've brought. A lot of good things to wrestling, a lot of good media coverage. But if there's one thing that they do better than anything else, I think it's with their documentaries, their athlete documentaries. And it's not just the wrestling ones. It's the entire Flow Sports package. No doubt about it, man. Their documentaries are, are I mean, they're, I mean, they're like, you know, you know, 30 for 30 documentaries they do on right, ESPN. Right. They're the quality of that, if not more. And ESPN is, look at the, you know, the money that, you know, is backing those documentaries. Their documentaries might, might even be better than that. They tell great stories. They tell stories that you might not, like Mark Perry, right? Mm -hmm. he did the, the Driven, with him. right. Yeah. Who would have thought that a documentary of him, no offense to Mark Perry, would be like one of my favorites to watch, you know? And then you go to Terry and Mako. They, they do a great job with docs. 
I mean, no offense with the Mark Perry one, though, but any uh, any Perry slash Smith that says I'm not going to Okie State, I'm yeah. going to rival Iowa, that's a good that's documentary. A story that's in a in story. Itself, for sure, for sure. Well, anyway, I just wanted to touch a little bit on this uh, this Helen Marulis documentary. I thought it was fantastic. Um, you know, it's really weird. I, I my wife actually watched this one with me, and I did too. When I'm when I <laughs> finished watching the documentary, it's like I think this one more than any others made me realize that we really put these athletes, especially these high level elite athletes, up on this almost. A lot like pedestal, basically. Like you think they're superhumans, more or less. They don't have the same issues and struggles that everybody else has. And after watching that documentary, I mean, it really kind of it, it personalized her in my in my in my view. Mm-hmm. So you know, it talked about her struggles. She she struggles with anxiety. She struggled sure. with confidence. She struggled with the mental aspect. Um, and I thought that was pretty uh pretty um. What's the word I'm looking well, for? Well, it was bold of her to open up to to even do something I of that agree. nature for somebody that struggles with anxiety or struggles with, um, you know, a behavioral health issue to, to, to go on screen and open up with that. And I don't, and, and that was kind of kept from um, the public and kept from fans until after she won the Olympics. And then mm-hmm. articles started to come out. There was mm-hmm. a great article written about it. Um, so we, we finally got to delve into it. And, and I think that we put them on pedestals as wrestling fans because we're fans. Right? Of course. Of so course. It's, the, it's the same way a diehard football fan looks at, you know, an elite football, but looks at Tom Brady or something, you know, it's the same way that we look at these guys. It just so happens that our sport lends us the ability to kind of actually be closer to them and maybe actually have more interaction with them than, you know, uh, some of the, m- the more mainstream sports. But Oh, that's, I mean, that's without a doubt. Yeah, but, but leave it. I mean, it, it, I think it's fine that we put them on these pedestals. <clears throat> but you're right. We have to understand that they're human as well. Yeah, and they're dealing with a lot of the same struggles and issues that 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 we, you know, the normal people are on an everyday basis as well. You know, one of the things that it, it really just kind of disgusted me, you know, it just made me ashamed to be, you know, part of the human race, I guess, is, you know, she she's talking in the beginning of the documentary how she got into wrestling. Yeah. I thought that was such a great story. And then it was like, yeah, when I first started, ever I had all these supporters. It was all like, oh, you're so cute. You're doing so well. Just keep trying. Then but then when I started winning. getting good, that's when people started having issues with me. And, you know, hearing things like, you know, being called a dyke or, you know, being called by teachers, you know, at school that the only reason you're wrestling is because you're a slut. Well, they call her, yeah, they call her a slut. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then the countless other things that she went through as well. It, it kind of going back to like when you wrestled as a child and as and through middle school and high school and even myself in the brief time I did it and any other any other guy who's wrestled is look wrestling is hard enough with enough adversity as it is and then she had to battle all that same adversity and then some yeah not only and then some from the the emotional and mental aspect of being a girl, but also the adversity of the physical aspect of being a woman wrestling and wrestling, wrestling men. Absolutely. I mean, let's be honest. The physio the physiology Physicality. of it, is, you know, is is you know, men are just going to be at, at, at certain stages of their of their life inherently stronger than women. And she battled all that adversity, and I think she placed in state a couple of times. Before, I think she took six twice. Yeah, before she went out and started training up in uh, Michigan, I believe it was yep. with Northern Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with, uh, with with the women's teams, I mean, it's an absolutely an amazing story. I would highly recommend um, to anybody that has the capabilities to to watch the documentary. I haven't even finished the second half. I just know her story because I read a lot about it because I was really interested in her. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it wasn't a ton of surprise, but it was really neat to to hear her talk about it, to read her di- you know, to have her read her yep. diary on there. Um, yeah, yeah, she's she's just, she's a great ambassador for the sport too, and a great person and. 
I just love that these that women are now having to, people that they can look up to in the sport because this is going to be a sport. Guys, we talk about boys, and we can talk about this a little later. If we want to save this freaking sport, we, we better get women involved. I agree completely. And, you know, it's like you said, you know, one of the things that I left that, that documentary thinking about as well is like, look, she was able to publicly put on record the things that she dealt with. You know she's not the only female wrestler that dealt with those same types of same types of issues. Oh my goodness. Definitely. And and remember, and she when she was growing up, you know, women women's wrestling was not popular, but it was more popular than when some of her idols were probably Absolutely. Up, when it wasn't when it wasn't anything. I mean, at least there was a girls team in Michigan that she could go wrestle for. Some of our earlier women didn't have that. So you know, we've we've grown a ton. I tell you what, you know, listening to Julia Salata talk when we had her on, mm-hmm. we've grown a ton. I mean, ex- exponential ton in the way we look at women's wrestlers. And there's still a ton more to go. I agree. But it, the other thing I took away from watching that diet, well, I mean, there's just so many different things. But <laughs> that girl, it's not, you hear people say, oh, you you do something well for a girl. You you know you wrestle well for a girl. Sure. You, you play baseball well for a girl. Whatever it is, that girl can straight wrestle, man. Some of the scenes, the highlights in there when she's actually wrestling and drilling and sparring. Oh yeah. I mean, she is slick, Rick. Really, really damn well, good. She's beating dudes up in high school. Yeah, right. I mean, come on now. She she had a farmer's carry. You better watch out. She beat me. I don't know. Me and her probably been a good battle back at one hundred six. Nah, I was a three pounder. She's taking you. It would have been it would have been tight. It would have been tight back. <laughs> no, that, no, man, it, it's cool. I, I might go home and watch that tonight. Actually. You got to finish it up. And finish for, it up, yeah. For anybody out there that hasn't watched it, find a way, watch it. I mean, it's such an amazing documentary. I mean, to think that this girl is the first United States of American of America's um, Olympic gold medal medalist in women's wrestling. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah. And, and, and she pulled off. Like, basically, she beat the Alexander Carolyn of, of women's wrestling. Dude, it was the biggest upset in the Olympics. Exactly. I'm not talking about wrestling. This chick it was had, the like... the biggest upset in the Olympics, in the Olympic Games. This chick that she wrestled for Japan had, like, two losses in 14 years. Yeah, and she won every, 13 straight Olympic world titles. She had won every gold medal since the Olympics became a sport for women's wrestling. And well, I don't and know, I don't... And, and, countless, worlds, and countless worlds, too, yeah. yeah. I mean, two losses in 14 years... Yeah, she's good. And one of them, yeah. So, anyways, uh, and the funny thing is, not only Helen, but I mean, there's other women out there that are that are amazing wrestlers too. I agreed, mean, man. The women's team is going to be pretty darn good, I think. Well, there was I was looking back on some statistics from past Olympics, um, and I don't know if you recall, but it wasn't that long ago where the the men's freestyle teams were struggling greatly, and the women's teams were the ones saving us yeah, in I the remember. medal counts. I remember for sure. I remember. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Find the documentary, watch it. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I at least wanted to start this episode out on a high note because let's let's talk a little bit about Boise. You want to talk about Boise? Yeah, man. Go ahead. You talk about it. I'm gonna sit here and sulk. No, you're not gonna sulk. You're gonna you're gonna help out. But anyway, um, all right. Again, for those of you guys that have not been in the know, I'm pretty much sure everybody knows this. Um, look, Boise State, um, a very very successful and important Division I college wrestling program has decided to drop their program effective immediately um, to, to add a baseball team. And it's, it's really, it has the, it has everything, it's just basically the Oregon situation all over again, it more exactly or less. Is. And you, you said two things, very successful and very important program. 
agreed they, they've been successful in the past. Obviously, they've fallen on hard times here. And, you know, now I'm starting to think that the administration maybe was kind of cool with that. Like, hey, let's just let these guys struggle. Therefore, it'll be easier for them to drop. Yeah, but important, I think, is the, is the word there that you really need to focus on. Because wrestling programs out west in the Division One area, exactly. there's not that many. Nope. Regardless of how successful they are at the moment or how successful they've been in the past, we need to keep our programs out there. They, they were ranked second in the country back, I mean, not even a decade ago, and they'd finished in the top ten, I think, at least once, had multiple All-Americans. Hell, I mean, they had a team that could have freaking – you know, maybe won it, except for, except for a couple injuries. I listened to the Adam Hall interview mm-hmm. with Richard Emmel. Mm-hmm. Great interview. Listen to it. I think it came out actually before. I, I'm not sure if it came out. I think it came out before the Boise. I think so. That's, I did. Man, that's crazy. So you want to listen to that. I mean, it, it, I mean, yeah, you're right. They Successful, absolutely. I, and I don't have all the statistics here, but, you know, since 2000, I think they've won at least six Pac-12 championships. They've had multiple All-Americans. Think of some of the studs that's come out of there. You've got Jason Chamberlain, Adam Hall, um, Andrew Hochtrasher. Hochtrasher. Uh, yeah, in, in the last couple of years. They had that I little mean, guy. What was his name? He was, a, he was a 25-pounder. He was real tough. He lost the um, – no. What are you talking about? I thought – Sherrington? Oh, Charrington? Yeah. Was he a little guy? Yeah. No, maybe I'm thinking of a different guy. But I'm just thinking they've had mad. They've had lot. some great, some great athletes, some great wrestlers. Martinez just recently he transferred. And you know what? Maybe because he saw the writing on the wall, because he saw administration not supporting them. Come on, Gio Martinez. Yeah. yeah, transferred to Oklahoma State. You know, it doesn't. And I think it's baffling because they they hired a new coach last year and Mike Mendoza. I think it's Mike oh, Mendoza. Mike, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, brought him out from uh, Cal State, Cal State uh, Bakersfield. Um, you brought know, his family out. He brought his family out. Uh, oh, Mendoza boy. is known as a, you know, he, he knows how to build a program. He knows how to fundraise. Um, if, for a guy to leave Cal State Bakersfield, bring his entire family out to Boise, Idaho, they had to have given him the impression that they were all in. That, that's what I heard, um, and, or that's what I've been reading, is that this was kind of out of nowhere, which – it's it's hard to believe for sure it's out of nowhere, but you know what pisses me off, man, is that you bring a guy out who's got a job at Cal State Bakersfield. He's going to keep that job. That's a livelihood, and he leaves that job to take, you know, a program that's a little bit higher in a stepping stone at the time, you know, a program that's been has, – has, 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 we'll talk, when we're talking history, we're talking about maybe the past decade. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty solid. Sure. And then after a year, say, oh, dude, you're out of a job. Good luck. Are, are you kidding me? That is, you don't plan these types of things, you know, on a month by month basis. It's not on a whim. Like, oh, we're just going to drop wrestling and add baseball no, on a whim. I work for a large corporation, and when you're planning things, you're doing them years in advance. Okay, so if you're a school, it's a large school. You're planning things years in advance. You have strategic plans that go out three, four, five years. And to tell me that all of a the sudden they made this determination. Is is horseshit? Yeah, I mean it's it, it really really brings the integrity of the administration into question more than anything, in my opinion. And you know, some of the things that really make this even worse is the timing couldn't have been any worse than what it was. I mean, if you think about this, they announced this decision in mid-April. All right, so think about their recruits. Think about the guys on their team. Most colleges have a May 1st admissions deadline, which after that, May, that. after that May 1st admissions deadline, it becomes really, really tough 
you got to basically jump through a lot of hoops to get into a new school. All right. So think about these recruits who scholarship money. Scholarship money's dried up. And that was my next point. You know, most wrestling programs have already filled their allotted scholarships. You know, so again, you've got these new recruits. You've got these guys looking to transfer. Um, and what makes this even worse is based on some things that I've read. They don't even know when the baseball team is going to begin playing. They're stating at I've minimum four years. five years. Yeah, I've heard four or five years. So why why did this have to be a sudden, abrupt ending? Why could they have not have phased it out? I don't know, and I don't th- I don't think anybody knows the answers. Um, you know, we, I've read a lot of Twitter stuff. I've read I've read the articles that have been written about it, and no, none of the articles have answered that question specifically that I've read. Um, about the reason why they had to do this right now. Maybe they're trying to save money for the future or trying to start to fundraise for this baseball program. Flow Wrestling made an interesting point on their podcast that wouldn't this potentially put them in non-compliance with Title IX in an opposite perspective? If you drop a men's program, if if you were, say you were in exact compliance and you drop a men's program and you don't start a men's baseball program for four years, I'm not even going to pretend like I know what the answer that would be. What I would say is this. I don't know either. They did say it's got it has to do something with the scholarships, right? And they did say they would honor any wrestling any wrestler's scholarship who's already on the team. I think it's Okay. And you could not have a baseball program or a wrestling program, but then maybe provide more scholarships to some of the other men's sports in the time being to help balance it out if you needed to. It's all about you know opportunities for men. It's not about number of sports. It's about scholarships. Well, it's, it's, I think it's about rosters, roster spots. It, okay, yeah. that's that's what so I'm the, talking so about. So scholarships can, can add roster spots. Good point. And I and I shouldn't have even brought that up because I don't know all the interesting facts. I just thought that was really. It, it's it, a, I mean, it's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. Um, but bottom line is, let's get back to just losing a program out there, guys. We 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 got to protect the programs we have now because these programs are dying, and we're not adding Division One programs. The only Division One program we've added, so remember, forget we forget about Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. We lost that during the transition. Now Cal Baptist is transitioning to D one, right? Correct. Okay, but we're not adding a ton of Division One programs, guys. And, no. and if people are people are calling on the message board to the SEC to start adding wrestling, it ain't gonna boys, happen. Boys, that ain't happening. It ain't happening. You know, the only way I can see a wrestling program's being added is if if um, schools that don't have wrestling teams join the Big Ten because they'll be obligated because I think it's a core sport. It is. So other than that, boys, we're not going to be adding a bunch of programs. And I'm not going to name names here, but there's programs out there that I could see. I'm wondering with with – the lack of supportive administration and the lack of funding right now, why the hell they're even a Division One program? Man, I, I think you make a really good point there, and it's it's really weird. Like, I, I kid you not, either the day the day that it was announced or the day before, I remember driving in my car thinking, wow, wrestling. We were on the phone. Wrestling oh. really seems to be, like, in the forefront of positivity right now. Okay. College programs are flourishing. Um, you know, there's the excitement out West, you know, Fresno state's coming back. Um, there's a lot of great press you've got, you know, we're winning gold medals in the Olympics and the world championships. We've got people in college still wrestling, you know, winning and going overseas and winning. People are I mean, spending money yeah, on, are, um, like, uh, administration is spending money, like on Ohio correct, State's, um, Campbell university's yeah. investing Eastern Michigan just announced they're investing. Ohio state's investing Rutgers just, you know, they just broke ground on their new facility. I think Northwestern's doing some updates and stuff. Yeah. Tons of stuff. And I was literally thinking like, wow, things are really going good for for wrestling right now. And then the next day they announced this and it's just like, holy shit, you 
You add Fresno State, you lose Boise. We take one step forward, five step backwards. And what makes losing Boise State, you know, even more devastating, and you you hit on this earlier, is the fact it's a West Coast school. We are – our numbers – our West Coast D1 programs are dwindling down. I mean, there's very few. Yeah, especially – and what's bad is that California is a huge wrestling hotbed. I mean, they have a lot of wrestlers. They have a lot of people that – they wrestle in that state. And also, wrestling is growing out there. Wrestling yep. actually is growing out there. Um, you know, I don't know the exact statistics, but I know it is growing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but no, I, I think it is. It yeah. I think it is. You know, and I just, this whole thing just continues to baffle me. I mean, they stated, and I, I, don't, I know I'm not going to have these numbers right, but the Boise State program basically brought in about $115,000 worth of revenue last year. Um, the wrestling now, program? The wrestling program. Now, obviously, they lost money, which is typical because they had about 460000 in operating expenses. Um, but this is normal. You know, at Boise State, the only programs that, each, that even contributed to positive growth of the athletic department was the men's football, men's basketball. And that's pretty much at 98% of all at all universities. I mean, how many wrestling programs actually make a ton of money? I would say there's probably two. Yeah, not a lot of them, but the thing is, so what are we going what are we going towards? Football and basketball at all schools and then other than that no sports? And, or, or no, excuse me, women's sports to to meet the Title IX requirements and then nothing else? I, anybody that's I, I saying, hope not. I and, really hope not. And, and another argument that I that, that, that frustrates me and I don't want people to take this the wrong way, okay? So I'm I'm nervous about saying this, but it's always about money. It's people sometimes say it's it's about Title Nine. It's not about money. Well, if it was just about Title Nine and not about money, then why wouldn't you just add another men's program to, or no, excuse me, another women's program to exactly to to support it? So it's always about money. The dollar signs are about money, and that's why we need to grow women's wrestling at these programs because it's going to cost less to have a women's and a men's wrestling program than it would have a men's program and a women's. Um, yeah. you know, non-wrestling sport. And even on top of just money, I think in recent years, and I'm going to use um, Cleveland State as an example, I'm going to use the D2 program, uh, Nebraska, um, Kearney, yeah. um, as an example. Why that? Oh Not only God. money, it's about personal agendas within the administration. So much about okay? an agenda, Because, man. you know, you look at, you know, even talking about Boise State. You look, <laughs> let's go to Cleveland State. We're lacrosse. dropping we're dropping wrestling to add lacrosse. Yeah, because lacrosse is so big in it's Cleveland. A hot, it's a hotbed in Cleveland. Yeah. Super hot, God, right? Yeah. Okay, I, you know, Nebraska Kearney, we're dropping wrestling. What did they do? I don't even know what they added. I don't even know what they added. But Nebraska Kearney was a <laughs> dominant just, force. Just won, they just won They won the D2 title and they were dropped, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not even funny, but we're laughing because I'm so angry. So then the Boise State, they're like, we're going to drop wrestling because we want to add baseball. Well, baseball has more operating expenses and you lose more money. Yeah, and it's, it's not like baseball is huge in Idaho. I saw some numbers that seem to indicate that the um, amount of high school um, kids that play baseball is very similar to the amount of high school kids that wrestle in that state. Yeah, I mean, it so looked... it's, it's it's not like you know, it's not like you, you have this huge state that is elite in baseball, and they don't have a a, a place to go. Now, I'm gonna say this. All right, I'll say this, playing devil's advocate a little bit here. Um, I'm not saying I agree with it, but it does make sense. You know, and keep in mind, one of the things that even before I get into this, you know, dropping the wrestling program at Boise State is debatable at best, okay? It's debatable at best, and I, I, I will give them that much, that benefit of the doubt. Um, 
the abruptness and the handling of the situation by the administration is not debatable. It was absolutely done incorrectly. And not only the way they've handled it, the way they announced it, they have basically refused to answer any additional questions, yep. to do any interviews, and it's almost like they're hiding behind the, you know, the FAQs that they released when the when the program was dr- announced that it was dropped. But one of the things they did say in the release is that, you know, why are you, uh, you know, adding baseball and ending wrestling? And, and it, it does make a little sense. Basically, varsity baseball is the only Mountain West sponsored sport not offered by Boise. Sure. Now, aligning them with, aligning the, them with the Mountain West Conference. And that's what Boise is. Even though they wrestle in the Pac-12, I mean, they are a Mountain yeah. West Conference school. I don't disagree. I don't disagree that it doesn't make sense. I, I agree with you that, that makes sense. But it's not mutually exclusive, especially when... Cleveland State was going to drop a program to add lacrosse, and then they, they, they brought wrestling back and said, look, we're still going to add lacrosse, but we found different ways to fund the program. Why? So when Slippery Rock, the place that I wrestled at, was dropped, I, I wasn't there. I had transferred a year before. They, they, or I was kind of transferring out, and I found out like it wasn't much longer. But they at least finished out you know, a season. Like They knew – They gave them kind of that extra part of the season. Why not allow them to wrestle this extra part of the season and maybe make a determination that – same with Boston, right? Boston knew they were going to drop the end of the season. Maybe make – you know, or give people an opportunity to find alternative funding resources for a program. And and they didn't do that. No, they did not. I mean – and the very last – I don't know if you read the uh, the FAQs that they put out. I didn't see The it. very last FAQ says, the question is, is there a possibility for wrestling to return to Boise State? And their answer is, knowing that wrestling is not a part of our plan moving forward, it is highly unlikely it would return. Well, then that it's gone. sounds it's like Oregon. A, it's, a, it's a death sentence. It's Oregon. It's Notre Dame. It's, it's you know, all of these other programs that have, that have been dropped in the past. Um, 20, 30 years. Yeah, it's Auburn. You know, everybody. It's Alabama. It's Clemson. It's Syracuse. Guys, we're moving in a direction to the point where we're going to end up with. I don't know when it's going to be. It might not be my lifetime. There's going to be twenty. It's you know, there's going to be twenty freaking schools that offer wrestling. There, it, it's going it to be like no gymnastics. Point. It'd man. be no point in having it then. But you know, it's going to be it's going to be twenty something schools. At that you point, might as well just move to a club style. Club and style international. Start, yes. Yep. And, I mean, and, and you know what? Maybe we need to get out ahead of it and do it right now. Maybe it's high school, then it's club. I don't know. I, I don't want to say it, but, dude, right now we're down to 76 now or so. You know, we're, we're in the low 77. Yeah. yeah. When we were, in the, we were, you know, upwards of 130-something, you know, you know, a couple decades ago. It's, it's, it sucks, man. And, and, it, and it's to the point where they said wrestling isn't – that's silly. That's, that's a silly comment to say wrestling isn't in our future plans without first saying – what Cleveland State said, well, you know, we got to find some sort of alternative funding. Why not say that, you know? I mean, think about it. Columbia, Bucknell, um, Arizona State, all these programs were on the brink of being dropped, but they were brought back. And I don't know about Columbia so much, but I know about Bucknell and Arizona State for sure. They were on the brink of being dropped, and they were brought back because people stepped up and started funding the programs. And then, you know what? Now look at Arizona State. They're starting to have some success, right. and people are going to get behind them. Well, and I think what you found in some of those situations, and I'm going off memory here, so if I, if I have this wrong, somebody please call me out. Um, I think we've seen administrations in the past almost hold these wrestling programs hostage Basically stating, okay, we're going to drop you, but we won't if you can raise X number of money. Millions. X, yeah, millions of dollars. But one thing that 
one thing that the wrestling community is very good at is kind of banding together and making things happen. Hence, I think that's how Arizona State was saved. That's exactly how it was saved. You know, I mean, they the administration set a number. They thought it was a high number that would never be attained, and look what happened. It was attained, and now Arizona State, like you said, is on the verge of being a very dominant D1 program They're going again. to be a very dominant D1 program. And then administration gets behind it and is like, oh, look, yeah. we got this great program. And that's what— it's my idea all along. Yeah, and that's what Campbell's doing. And, you know, so maybe maybe we need more to focus our efforts more on the Lock Havens, the Campbells, the Edinburghs, um, you know, the, the, the smaller schools to— to make sure that those are sustainable um, and, and maybe even add other programs at some of those types of schools rather than focusing on, well, we need to get Alabama to add wrestling and we need to get Clemson to add wrestling again. That's not going to happen right now, guys. Um, but, you know, if you add a small school that wants to go D1 where they don't have any other really legitimate good D1 programs, the Campbell's, Campbell, uh, can, you can make a name for yourself. You wrestle on ESPN. You know, it's you true. have all Americans, and you can say, "Look, so Campbell's now all of a sudden behind them, and that's that's their freaking sport." That is their sport in freaking North Carolina, Booth Creek, North Carolina. Wrestling is the sport because of what they did, and all it took was some administrative backing. I, I agree with you completely. Let me ask you this, man: What's your opinion on this? I think it's it's absolutely evident that D one college wrestling is in the proverbial arms race right now. You've got you have obviously your big conglomerate um, powerhouse programs, Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa, Oklahoma State, all those different schools. Not only are they battling for the top coaches, they're battling for the top recruits. You know, you you hear people breaking ground on million-dollar facilities to attract these recruits. I'm, are we seeing a, a an even greater shift of lack of parity in NCAA D1 wrestling? And if we are, is that going to end up hurting these smaller programs? Are we going to see more programs drop because of it? Yes and yes. Um, we're seeing an absolute an absolute shift because we have programs. And, and, and look, I wrestled for a tiny school that had you know a quarter of this. I don't even, I don't know for sure a quarter of the scholarships that other programs had. With terrible facilities compared to other Division One programs, we eventually got dropped. Um, how are you going to compete with nine point nine uh, million dollar facilities, um, fully funded coaching staffs, and RTCs when you are Davidson, when you are Sacred Heart, when you are even when you know when even when you are Lock Haven or Edinburgh? I mean, Edinburgh's done it, and they, Edinburgh's written the blueprint on how to do it every once in a while, which is, I mean, hell, that is way more than you can expect, you know, to, to, to be good, you know, to, be, to get a trophy every once in a while and to be in the top five every once in a while as a program of that size, but, that's great. And they've also, programs like that have also done a good job at being pretty consistent at having individual success. You know, they always have an individual All-American yep. or yeah, national exactly. champs, things like that. Well, look, and Edinburgh's a tough Per, people, to, person, or, uh, program to use because look at who their AD is. Yeah, it's yeah. Bruce Baumgartner. Yeah, I mean he's one of the, the the ambassadors of wrestling in the United States. But what the f is Cleveland State doing? You know, we just brought them back from the dead, and they are just. I mean, is Josh Moore there? Right. Yeah, Josh Moore's the associate head coach. Yeah, he's the associate head coach, and you know he's doing everything he probably can. And you know, I don't know much about their. I don't think many people know much about their head coach Ben Stahura. Yeah, and you know, I I don't want to. You know, if you want to compete, what are you doing, man? But I think Cleveland State is doing pretty good for what they can do right now. First of all, 
you know, before not too long ago, Cleveland State was a commuter college mostly. It was kind of like, you know, we're from Dayton, Ohio. There's a, a school here called Wright State, Wright State University yeah. that's probably one of the biggest state schools in, in Ohio, but it's it's basically a commuter college. Cleveland State was the same way. Now, sure. they've taken some, you know, uh, some efforts lately to to get rid of that stigma, obviously, but they're doing – I think they're doing okay right now. They're getting – they've gotten some decent recruits, you know. Coolest, right? Yeah, Georgie. Um, anyway, you know, they're, they're starting to get some decent recruits. They're starting to, you know, they had uh, um, this year Nick Corbo. Nick Corbo you know, won baby. a couple of matches at national two and, two and, I, and look for him to be maybe yeah. be an All-American next year. Exactly. Yeah. So I think with programs like that, it's baby steps. It's, you know, let's go back to Campbell, all right? Kerry Colock comes down there. He's trying to build this team, build this team. He's doing everything he can. Still hadn't had an All-American this year. They get their first All-American ever in Nathan Kreiser. But let me stop you there real quick because you just you – just, Go ahead, go yeah, ahead. Because you just put the name Kerry Collot and Ben Stahur in the same sentence, bro. And and th- those <laughs> those those two names shouldn't be in the same sentence when we're talking about coaches. But I'm not comparing the two coaches. What I'm doing is comparing the two small schools. You've got to start with baby steps. It doesn't matter. You can bring you can bring Dan Gable to, to Cleveland State. They're not. They're still going to do the same. They're top ten in ten years if you give them full funded. In <laughs> ten years, if you give them full funded. Well, that's what I'm saying. Give them nine point nine, dude. What do they got? Do you know? No, but I don't think it's nine point nine. It's probably a basement wrestling room. Why the heck is Ohio? Well, I mean, there's no reason why Cleveland State, Ohio, and Kent State shouldn't be dominant. The same reason why there's you know other programs shouldn't be dominant. But it's administration and funding. If you don't have administrative backing, right now I've just made this determination. If you don't have administrative backing fully, you're not going to be able to compete in the future with this arms race because the teams that do have administrative backing, look at what they're doing, man. They are building state-of-the-art facilities and bringing in the – Penn State is getting every number one recruit in the freaking land. But you know what? Look, and we've really gone off on a tangent, and that's okay, but Eh, I I think you – look, you have some of the top wrestlers in the country that they don't care – about anything else other than I want to go be on Penn State's team or I want to go be on Iowa's team or Oklahoma State's team. And even to, you know, I'm even throwing Ohio State out there. I want to be on that program. Yeah, they so all that, need to be on it Ohio doesn't State matter, State. you know, what they're getting, what the facilities would look like. They want to go to a school where, hey, I see guys winning national championships. I see freshmen winning national championships. I see them competing in the team race every year. So it doesn't matter to them. Yeah, but those teams also have great facilities, man. They do. They do. So, come All on. right. I, I mean, we'll split the baby on this one. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and move on from here. Enough of the negativity, I guess. Let's get on to the big action that's coming up this week. The U.S. Open. Yeah. Uh, senior men's freestyle nationals. you got the uh, senior Greco world team trials. Um, and then also, you cannot forget, we have the women's senior freestyle world team trials as well. Man, I'll tell you what, Ben. They're... Some of these brackets in the U.S. Open for the men's freestyle are just insane. A lot of national champs in the same weight. <laughs> that's that's what it, it's funny. Like uh, you know, during the regular season, you know, you have that to an extent, and you know, you get regular season, the NCAA season, and you get pumped up, and then you look at these guys, and you're like, dude, this dude won two championships. This dude won three championships. This dude won three championships, and everybody's seeing each other in the quarters. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. How do you even pick? I mean, I'm just gonna like I'm just looking at some of my notes right here. And I'm just like, we won't. Even, we're not going to start out at this weight. But look, 65 kilograms. All right, oh, you've God. got 
Rutherford, who's like the greatest in college right now. You've got Molinaro won a, you know, a title, was our Olympic representative. Jordan Oliver won a few titles. Uh, Jimmy Kennedy's a beast. Uh, uh, Kellen yeah. Russell's won a few titles. Jimmy Kennedy's only just gotten better since college. You exactly. Know? It's crazy. I know? mean, some of these some of these weight classes are just straight insane. Yeah, J.O.'s been in the finals, <laughs> team trials, like, you know, two or three times. You know, J.O., I mean, yeah. you've got all these guys. So, yeah, let's hit it, man. Let's hit it. I'm, this is... I'm pumped to talk about this instead of talking about some negativity. I hear you, man. Let's do it. So I think, the, okay, before we get into some of this stuff, let's just kind of, for, for people that don't really know, um, and again, if I say anything wrong, for the people that do know, feel free to call me out on Twitter. Um, again, we're always learning. We love the feedback. But ultimately, um, there are eight weight classes um, at the World Team Trials. Yes. All right? And the winner of each weight class gets a bye to the World Team Trials finals. Now, that is with the exception of three weight classes that are already already locked up so there's three guys that have already earned buys based on previous criteria whether it be world championships or olympic medalists so logan steber has a buy to the finals in his weight class at 61 kilograms because he just won a recent world championship last year world medalist and olympic medalist or world champ and olympic medalist i thought it was world champs and olympic medalist i'm not sure but if somebody does know hit us up um you also have Jaden cox should he choose to still continue his wrestling career? Didn't he just um, do an interview with Flo or something? He did just do an interview with Flo. And I'll tell you what, man, I didn't, at the end of that interview, I didn't, I wasn't feeling optimistic. I didn't listen to it. You know, I think he's kind of just basically in, I'm just going with the flow right now. I'll see how I feel. Um, well, so anyway, Jaden Cox, should he choose to wrestle in the world team trials in June, he'll have a bye to the finals at 86 kilograms. And then obviously, um, Everybody's favorite All-American, Kyle Snyder, has a bye to the finals ooh, at 97 ooh, kilograms. Ooh, ooh. So I'm a big Kyle Snyder fan. There's a yeah, we all are. So obviously, um, I don't, I don't, I think it goes without saying. There is a lot on the line in this tournament. There's, you know, I, I think the numbers speak for themselves that people who do not have to go through the challenge tournament and get to sit until the finals, they have an advantage for the most part. There's 100 percent an advantage there, and I think, I think. I think the numbers bear fruit for two different reasons. One, because typically if you're sitting in the finals, you're the best guy. So most likely the best guy wins. Not always, but most likely it does. And two, you know, you don't have to – you're not going to be dead-legged. You're not going to be going through a battle. Um, James Green did, James Green did mention something um, when he had to wrestle at the 70-kilogram um, uh, non-Olympic Lake World Team Trials. Uh, finals that after his first match he didn't feel very fresh, mm-hmm. but after that he felt good. And I think that was against Jo against Jordan Oliver. Um, so what was it? Yeah, it was okay. against Jordan Oliver. Um, so because um, Oliver had a hell of a tournament, he was a seventy. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Yeah, because okay. he couldn't make sixty. Sixty-five. Or, no, sixty-one. Remember, non-Olympic weight. Oh, non-Olympic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Gotcha. I yeah. You. So, um, so I think there's a, a definite advantage, but I think you know there's that one little tiny disadvantage of not wrestling the entire time or you know the entire day, but. You know, I'll trade that all day to sit in the finals. It gives you a better shot. No, I agree with you. I, I agree completely. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely, you know, obviously, like I said, there's a lot on the line in this tournament, a lot at stake because um, nobody wrestling in this tournament does not have aspirations to be on that world team come June. I mean, that's just that just goes without saying. Yeah, and they're all elite. Um, I think one of the other big stories in this tournament for people that have been living on Mars is that we may, should it come to fruition, get to see what many would believe to be the match of the decade or match of the Pat year. Pat Downey versus uh, Perry, Richard Perry. I wouldn't mind seeing Pat Downey versus uh, David Taylor, but that's not what I was talking about. Oh, you're talking about Dave versus uh, JB. 
Thank you. Yes. All right. So I I think that's a huge storyline right there. Um, But that match has got to come to fruition because 74 kilograms is one of the deepest weights in this tournament. I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do this. I'm just saying. All right. But as always, why don't we just start at the beginning? 57 kilograms, um, a weight class that historically, um, especially in the last 10 to 15 years, has been a major weak spot for the United States. I think 2005 Henry Cejudo won a gold medal. Okay. Was it five or four or something like that? Yeah. Something like that. Um, it wouldn't have been 2005 because they don't have Olympics in odd number of years, do they? <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to use red logic. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, one of those. Sometime in the mid-2000s, Henry Cejudo won a gold medal. Yeah. But he's not wrestling in the open, so I don't know. Okay. We, okay. So, um, 57 kilograms. Um I don't know, man. It's kind of a who's who of college wrestling, I think, in this weight class. If you ask me... Um the front runners, obviously, you've got Nico Megalutis, who's really been on fire for the U.S. team this past year. He's done some good things. Um, Tony Ramos can never d- discount Tony Two-time Ramos. Time world team member, exactly. And if aside from that, uh, that loss to Dan Dennis in the Olympic team trials, you know, I think he's kind of he's kind of fallen off the map a little bit since then. Well, he got blown out at who's number one, the flow, uh, the flow wrestling thing that they put on when he was up at 61, getting beat by Brewer. But yeah. I mean, you know, you don't, but other than that, we haven't seen him much. That, that ain't world team trials, though. No, but he was up at 61 again for um, World Cup, right? Or World Clubs Cup. One of those two. Remember, mm-hmm. he went as one of the guys because um, he, because Dennis, I think, or somebody was wrestling 57. So, but he, he didn't, he didn't look great either. I mean, he hasn't had a great, uh, he hasn't had a great couple of years, or I guess mm-hmm. we'll say about maybe about a year. Gotcha. But he hasn't really wrestled. He hasn't wrestled fifty seven since Dennis. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, you can never discount him. Um, after that, we got some uh, a great talent. One of our famous, uh, our favorite, famous Jesus uh, favorites, Tomasello. Um, one of my all time favorite college wrestlers, Nation Garrett. Um, and then you know a guy that I'm excited. I don't know about you. I'm excited to see him make his return to the mat. Jesse Delgado, man. Yeah, Jesse Delgado is a wild card. He is a wild card, but I. I think this is a pretty pretty rough tournament to come making your debut back at. Well, he wrestled in Cuba. Oh, that is true. Yeah, you're right. I think he went 2-1. Damn you letting the facts get in the way of my yeah, statements. Yeah, he, um, he went 2-1, and, and I think he beat him. Was he Cuba or Paris? I forget which one it was. It might have been Cuba. I think it was Cuba. Yeah, and, and um, okay, so let's just, let's just chat real quick. So, you know, you got Ramos, you got Megalutis, you got Garrett Tomasello. Um, and then you got guys like Frank Pirelli, who's just like a journeyman. You sure, know? sure. Um, a lot of people are high on him right now. And Alan Waters, who I think um, beat Tomasello at the Olympic team trials last year. Um, yeah, but he's coming off some pretty serious injuries, and he hasn't done well in recent. I know he's taken some bad losses, at least one to Nick Lee, high school Nick Lee, uh, who's a Penn State recruit. Of course he is. Um, yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Waters is a player, but I'm not so – I don't know how recovered he is from his injuries. Okay, so shit. Let's just get into it. Who you getting? Who you picking? Or who you the picking favorite? Your top three, maybe. Yeah. Or so we don't know seating, but yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't know the seating and where the bracket's going to play out. You know, I don't. I truly don't know in this one because you don't know which guy, which version of which guy is going to show up. I would love to pick Tomasello as just being a Buckeye homer, an Ohio homer. I think people, you know, seem to forget. He's never lost to Nico Megalutis. He's not. You're exactly he right. He beat him last year at the Olympic team trials. Yeah. Um, but 
And everybody's picking, well, not everybody, but the people picking Megalutis to win. And, and you know what? It would be irresponsible of me not to at least acknowledge the run that Megalutis has had this well, year. Well, he won the Feral, right? Beat, yeah. Either Feral or Schultz beating that dude from Russia. Right. And then he, um, you know, I think he won Paris. I think he won Paris. So, yeah, he, he's definitely on a run. He participated. What, what, wasn't he in the World Cup? Uh, no, I don't think so. Who was our representative? In 57? Yeah. That, that's a lob, Dan Lobdell question for I don't know. <laughs> Damn it, Ben. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, so, you know, I think he's had a nice run lately. Um, I, I think Mega Lutus right now is the favorite. You like him over, over Tony Ramos, huh? I do. I think if him and Ramos meet, I do like Mega Lutus over him. Um, I think if Megalutis has to match up with Tomasello before then, I think that poses trouble for him. Yeah, I, 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 I think mean, that, history yeah, stylistic, history says, right? and it's not just like Megalutis or excuse me, Tomasello only beat him in folk style; he beat him in free too. Um, my champ or my projected champ was going to surprise you, and it's uh, Nation Garrett. I'm glad you picked I, him. I think that dude is the future at 57. A lot of people said that we haven't seen him. He's been out in Arizona. I think he's been in Arizona State training, right? I think he left Cornell. Yes, go ahead. Arizona. Yeah, no care. Yeah, I, you're right. He has, but I, my rebuttal to that would be: I think that's that's a detriment to him. I think, and I may have my timeline wrong on this, but I think we've seen Nation maybe regress a little bit since he left Cornell. Well, he wrestled at 61. It it was either Farrell or Schultz, and I'm going to say that a lot because I can't remember exactly which one I watched. Which one did he get pinned by Cody he got Brewer? Got pinned in like by Cody Brewer. Ten seconds or so. No, no, that was the, the, <laughs> oh, it was the end of the match. Yeah, he was up yeah. huge. Yeah, and then Brewer came back. You know, it's, it's, look, I'm, I'm going to be high on Brewer here in just a second when we talk about the, the next weight. Um, but I, t- I tell you what, Nation Garrett, let, let's talk about him. Um, I don't know what he did at the trials last year. I know that he was a random um, fleeing the hold point away from beating Ramos. You know, okay. so that's right. You're right. You, you know, I, I like Garrett. at Iowa, right? Yep, With the Iowa exactly. reps, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I like Garrett. Damn it, you're um, making me yeah. rethink my pick. You know, and 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 I don't think you can count out Tony Ramos. Um, but in terms of looking at recent, um, you know, the last time I saw him, I just saw him get destroyed by Cody Bruder, and it was, it was ugly. It was, it was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't even a match. I, I almost thought that he wasn't trying. It was just Bruder dr- drilling takedowns on him. Sure. It was a tech fall, and I think in the first, um, the first uh, three minutes. So I'm going Nation Garrett, um, and then I, I, I do like Megalutis. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I just think that he's very confident right now. Um, and, and I think you can't count out uh, Tony Ramos to be kind of my top three guys uh, with Nation winning it. I mean, all that, I mean, I think you, it, it definitely makes sense. But I'm pumped to see Delgado. Sorry to interrupt there. No, I am. I think Delgado coming back is going to be exciting to watch. Um, I'm really excited to see how Tomasello does going down away from the college season. Um, what do you he, make of that? Well, I mean, they're still doing day before weigh-ins this year, correct? Yeah, and yeah. I heard and it's two days tournament. <laughs> Correct. So you, Thomas Ellis weigh 170 pounds. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't make much of it this year, to be honest. I, I don't make much of it until the, ch- the rule changes come into, a, into effect. Um, you know, I, what you said really about Nashon makes a lot of sense. And I remember when he came out of college, we, we all thought he was the future at, at 57 kilograms. Dude, do you remember him his senior year? Yeah, he, he beat un- the shit out of everybody. He was, yeah, he was untouchable. I mean, the only person he didn't beat the hell out of was Clark, and I mean, he was basically stall points, you know, kind of from. Didn't he pin Red Brewer Bull. at Cliff Keen that year? He, I think he pinned Brewer. No, he, um, no, he he beat Brewer like in a in a wild one at Cliff Keen, and then he pinned him at the NCAA's in the first period, in the semis. Huh. 
have to go back I'm almost and check positive that. about that. Hey, that. I'm positive about it. So, anyway. All right, you, All right you so talk. Those, those are your big hitters there at 57 kilograms. Um, the big question is who's going to emerge from this weight class? Who's going to get the buy into the finals? Because um, whoever gets the buy into the finals for the real team trials is definitely going to have a leg up on that. I'm making that spot. I think if they get the buy, I think that whoever gets the buy wins it. So 61 kilograms, man. I, when I look at this, I, the first question I ask myself, is there anybody in this weight class that can even challenge Stever? Honestly. No. There, there's absolutely not. I mean, the, the the second best person, I think, in the weight class is, is uh, Jason Ness. And, I would agree with um, that. He had a, you know, a decent match with him at the uh, non-Olympic weight uh, team trials. But Stever, you know, still ended up beating him, I think, by four or five points. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you know your your big hitters in this. Gary Penn Brewer in twenty one seconds in two thousand and sixteen in the semifinals of the NCAA tournament. That's what I just said. <laughs> twenty one <laughs> seconds, baby. You did not say that. My mind is the bum. But your voice isn't. Thanks, now, Rodney. I was just about to say. Now I can see why Rodney's annoyed by me. I'm annoying myself right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, look. Steber's the man at this weight class. I'm not sure who's going to be able to challenge him, um, but your big hitters at 61 kilograms, in my opinion, is going to be Cody Brewer, Jason Ness, um, BJ Futrell. He's kind of been the journeyman, been around for a while. Um, this is the first time back down to 61 in a couple of yeah. years. Andrew Hochstrasser, uh, Boise State guy, um, has had some success on the international you know style. You going to be there? Who? Mr. Mustache. Cologne? Joe Cologne, isn't he? Is he registered? Is he, he registered or was I, it Jacob? I, no, I think Joe Cologne's registered, brother. I'm not worried. No, 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 I'm not worried. I just, I'm just kind of. But you know who is interesting in this weight class? Seth Gross. I think Hoodie Brewer is more interesting than Seth Gross. But talk to me about why you think Seth Gross is interesting. I just think, I mean, he was on the junior world team last year, right? Yeah, he, he right. made the junior world team. Made the junior world team. Came out, had a fantastic college season this year. Obviously, he can can compete in both styles. You know, I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting to see him in this weight class to see the jump that he can make against the senior guys. But this is up a weight compared to his college wrestling weight class i think it's what like 138 you know normally you see people going down but he can't make the 125 pound weight class um so you can check it i'm almost positive so him going up a weight is that's an interesting uh it's 134.2 uh, 134 okay so so yeah he's up a weight by a pound okay he's up a weight by a pound but we see great point ben. we see people like nation garrett dropping down to, to and nation Thomasello dropping down to the 25 you know typically you go down remember zadik was like, <laughs> cut down to like 132 you know what i'm saying <laughs> like you don't normally see people wrestling the, a similar weight in the international style like cody so, brewer well cody brewer is yeah you're right bj futrell hawkstrasser was a 33 pounder no bj futrell was not a 33 pounder i think he was a Anyways, we're we're getting off on a tangent. <laughs> um, I don't even know how it's going to play out. I think Ness is the favorite at this weight class. I see Ness winning the you know winning this in my opinion. Yeah, I don't see anybody beating him. Um, but I I do think that Cody Bird is the second best wrestler in this weight. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I All think right. he's better than BJ Futrell or Futrell. Um, you know, Futrell is a journeyman. I agree with that. I actually agree. Yeah, with he's that. you know, Futrell is a journeyman, and he's and he's won some great matches. You know he, he's beaten and God, don't beat me up for this. You know he's you know one of his best wins nationally recently is like Hunter Stever, or not or, or an injured Hunter Stever who got injured at that at that tournament they wrestled right. it was the Schultz or whatever. You know I, I and he's down a weight. Remember when James Green dropped down a weight? Mm-hmm. Jesus, that didn't work out well. Um, so 
Fair point. Yeah, Fair I, point. I, I like Cody Brewer firing on all cylinders. I mean, he's either going to tech fall or get tech falled by every person he wrestles. So. <laughs> or pinned in 21 seconds. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, absolutely. Just, just putting it out there. Hey, that, you know, I'm glad that I, I brought that up and you didn't know about that. <laughs> As I said, Ben, you are the talent, not just the dick, no. dick, dick joke guy. I'm the dick joke guy <laughs> that has a, an occasional uh, brain. Um, all right, let's move on, man. I think the next... Real quick, what do you think about Kendrick Mabel? And I, and I, I feel I would be remiss if I didn't ask you that question. Why would you be remiss? Because I, I, I want to know your opinion on it. Um, I'm not even sure I have an opinion. I don't think I've seen enough of, of him in the international style. I don't know what kind of success that he's actually had. I don't think he's at the same level as a Cody Brewer and a Jason Ness, in my opinion. I, and I think is that just because we haven't seen him? We, we haven't seen him. You know, he... he if I remember correctly, he ended his college career not on the most highest of notes. Correct. Right? I don't even, did he AA that year? He did All-American, okay. I believe. I think he um, did sixth. So I, I don't know what, what to think of him here. Okay. Um, you know, some people have him, uh, you know, making the finals. It's just uh, it, it's just, it's Who? just an interest. Who's got him making the finals? Well, Dan Lobdell, you know, obviously. Nomad? Po- yeah, Nomad, friend of the podcast. Um, you know, has him taken second. I, he he knows more than I do about this. I just I thought it was interesting, maybe a conversation. That is kind of interesting. Yeah, no, good point. Um, so so I think the next four weight classes is when things get pretty crazy oh, at baby. this tournament. Oh, um, Sixty five kilograms is going to be a very intriguing, very interesting weight class, and, and a late a weight class is just littered with freaking studs from top to bottom. Um, I think an article came out recently that said something about is this Zane's time or is this Rutherford's time. Um, and, and I think there's an argument to be made that, that maybe it is, um, you know, but in my opinion, when I was looking at this bracket, the four guys that really stood out to me is Zane Rutherford, Frank Molinaro, Jimmy Kennedy, Jordan Oliver, and I'll even throw a fifth in there, Kellen Russell, even though Kellen Russell's kind of getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Kellen Russell is going to be a player in this, in, in this conversation. Um, I think that your, your top four are, are, are the, the top four, um, to me, I'm, you know, I'm going to pick Frank Molinaro. I think that he showed me enough at the Olympics, and I think he's only getting better at, at, at freestyle wrestling. Um, I mean, he, like everybody said it, he was a couple seconds away from potentially being a, a medalist. So, say he gets that knee down on Tremizo, um, who I b- believe it was in the finals um, mm-hmm. for uh, yeah. for that match, um, and all of a sudden he's a Olympic bronze medalist. Are we having this conversation about is it somebody else's time, or are we saying, dude, we got a medalist, dude, sitting? into the finals you know so well, i guess what i'm trying to say is is are we talking about one one second two second difference between thinking it's somebody else's time versus thinking molinero is the man here i mean i think you make a good point i think zane is obviously the hot name in wrestling right now deservedly so he took third at the olympic team trials last year um only lost to steber only lost right to steber um you know richard emmel tweeted out something really interesting the day that said Basically, that Kennedy, Molinero, and uh, Russell were the top three at the Olympic team trials last year. Who's the only person to beat all three? Jordan Oliver. Exactly. So I, I think there's a little case to be made that J.O. could shake things up in here. Oh, uh, he definitely Definitely, by all accounts on his social media, he is uh, mentally mentally in the zone thinking he's going to. So Well, he was. He was the same exact way at, um, at the non-Olympic world team trials. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, I hear what you're saying. I'm yeah, picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, kilograms. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, um, now he's at probably a little more of a natural weight for him. I'm still going Molinero. 
Are you? Yeah, I, I like I like him. I like the way he wrestles. I think he's hard nosed. Somebody's gonna punch him. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of it. He pisses people <laughs> off so much that somebody's gonna punch him. Um, but don't discount. I don't know how they're gonna see this. Don't discount Jiminy Kennedy either, man. Dude, Kennedy is fantastic. He's done in everything but made. Style. He, I don't think he's made a world team. Has he's he? been Steber's nemesis though. Yeah, I think he's done everything but make a world team. Okay. I I, I don't think he's made a world team. And this is where you know we kind of struggle. At least I struggle is that I don't know all of the international results, but you know I think he's I think he's solid. I I think that it goes Molinero, Oliver Kennedy. I, I think Zane Rutherford isn't. I don't think it's his time. Okay. Um, I actually think Zane is in the finals. Whether he wins or not, I don't know. I don't know who he faces, but I do. See, I think Zane can make the finals in this weight class. Um, you think he could beat a Jo? Huh. I think Zane Rather could be, can be anybody on any given day that he wants to. You know, he, but but he's so dominant in a controlling position on top, um, in in folk style, and he's got some turns in freestyle. That bow and arrow that that translates that works that translates right. But he's he's fine on his feet. In fact, he's he's elite on his feet. But I just, I think that people like Jordan Oliver and Frank Molinaro and Jimmy Kennedy are just as good on their feet. And maybe be a little, maybe maybe they're a little bit more savvy in parterre. Yeah, and I think that's probably maybe where he might struggle a, a bit or be just behind them a little bit. It's just the savviness. You know, these are veteran guys have been competing in this style for a while, um, fully committed to this style. But I, I see Zane in the finals. Where he finishes, first or second, I don't know. But just call it a hunch. I think Zane makes the finals. It pains me to say it, but I mean he couldn't. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Sure, um, Hunter Steber. Um, He's going to be wrestling at, at, I believe he's registered at uh, 65. No, he's at 70. Oh, oh, did he bump up to 70? Yeah, he's at 70 okay, well, then kilograms. Never mind, I apologize. But you know what? It's a good chance. Let's just go to 70 kilograms. Let's do it. It's a weight that's been dominated recently by James Green. Um, I'm not sure that changes this year. Uh, he's been the man there. Now, but there are some, there's some studs at this weight class. I mean, you got guys like Isaiah Martinez. Hunter Stever, Dylan Ness is going to come back. I, I, I believe so. I didn't know that. Wow, that is awesome. You got Dylan Ness at the, coming, making a comeback, switching from Greco. Um, you know, you're going to see guys like Jason Welch competing. Um, Jason, Jason Nolf, Nolf. Yeah. You know, it, it don't and don't forget Kolchiski. Kolchiski is a great guy at the freestyle level. Um, What's he's got he all great attack. He's got great attacks. Um, and then my kind of dark horse sleeper in this one, man, is Alec Pantaleo. Well, yeah, Pantaleo was a junior world uh, te- uh, uh, team member last year. Correct. Uh, I didn't see. I don't see that um, Isaiah is registered. I read that he was going to um, be there. Yeah, no, that doesn't mean that he's not going to be there. Um, that because that, that I tell you what, that would pump the, that would pump me up big time. Um, I don't know much about Kolchiski. Obviously, everybody talks about how he was up six zero on James Green um, the year that James Green took third uh, in the world and, and you know got a bronze medal. James Green. I, I picked against him. I picked against him against uh, Jordan Oliver in the non-Olympic weight world team trials. I thought the J.O. was looking awesome um, at that. I, I can't remember exactly who he was beating, but he was beating people that were pretty damn good. Um, and Green went out and just uh, took care of business. So uh, um, I think that if I had to pick, I'm going to take James Green. But I think this might be... Absent the fact that you have a world medalist and 57, this might be the most wide-open weight. I mean, there's so many damn good wrestlers in this weight class. I mean, I, dude, who knows what the hell Jason Nolf's going to do? Yeah, I mean, does his dominant folk style style of wrestling transition 
to this. I don't think he's ever made a world team at well, any he level. He couldn't even make a junior world right, team. Right, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he's ever made a world team at any level. Um, I think until proven otherwise, this is James Green. James Green's weight. Um, Agreed. But if Isaiah Martinez shows up, I think that's really going to shake things up. And again, <laughs> Martinez never lost the green, right? Don't sleep on Pantaleo, man. You like him, huh? I do. I, I, there's just something about him that that, that really intrigues me. I, I think he's worth mentioning, right? And 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 I say that, and as of you know, I think he's, I think he's worth being in the conversation. As uh, I don't think he's going to win the okay, bracket. Okay. I don't think he's going to win the bracket. I'm just saying. This, like you said, this weight class is littered with studs, but I think Pantaleo can see himself in the top three. Yeah, and we don't know much. We don't know much about what Pantaleo's been doing uh, in his redshirt year. Um, I think he took a red shirt not because of injury, right? No, he's training. Yeah, he was training. Um, you know, Mr. Welch's grapevine, friend of the podcast, uh, um, you know, he's gonna he's coming back after a couple of years. And I heard that he just got a job at uh, – he's going to be coaching at Northwestern. So congratulations to him. That's pretty cool. That's huge. Big, That's, big stuff. Northwestern's putting together a staff, bro. Brewer, Welch, uh, Storniolo. Uh, and um, how? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How's yeah, that, how? right? Yep, yep. Jesus, dude. Come on, Northwestern. You guys can – you're scaring me now with that staff. Um, you know, you made a great point, Dylan Ness, especially with this five-point throw um, coming back, right? Yeah. Dylan Ness might be. He's able. been training Greco for the last few yeah. years. He's making the switch. Yeah, he's he's going to be interesting. And um, Chamberlain, a guy who's just kind of been on the circuit. Yep. You know, very solid guy. But I think that another Boise State guy, by the way. If any Boise State administrative administration officials are listening, yeah, no big deal. Just you know, probably going to be seated top three at the freaking U.S. Open. Um, Hunter Steber, what do you what do you make of him? Last time we saw him, we saw him. Get injured in the semifinals, but win and make the finals against BJ Futrell. Um, I think I don't know which. Yeah, it was I don't know which weight it was at. I apologize. Um, you know, but then he was injured when he wrestled Futrell. I'm not going to make an excuses there, but you know, do you make of him? You know, he's probably going to play top seven, make the, you know, be able to wrestle in the team trials. Do you think or no? Yeah, I think I could see Hunter placing top seven. Do I see him in the top three in this weight class? Not right now. Yeah, I would neither. need to see more from him. And ultimately, it has to do with his injury history. Um, he struggled a lot in the last few years with injuries. Everybody knows it. Um, all the talent in the world. Just as much talent as his brother Logan. It's just the injury. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd go there, but I do love Hunter. As far as talent, I th- yeah, he's got all the talent oh, in the world, that? man. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Hunter has that I mean, he's he's, he's as talented as can be. He's a hell of a wrestler. He would have been he would have been an he would have been a national champion if he wasn't injured. I mean, we, we know that for sure. Um, I mean, I could agree with that. Um, but in this weight class, I don't see him top three. I could definitely see him placing top seven or eight. Honestly, if I'm picking my top three guys, and this is you know this is you know considering Imar is wrestling in there, okay. I'm going to say it's going to be James Green, Isaiah Martinez, and then Kolchevsky in any given order. That's my top three guys. Dude, are we going to see an Imar Nolf match? I wouldn't mind. Uh, I, I'd be down to watch that. And freestyle, be cool. Yeah, I'm a big free guy. Are you? I, I like watching freestyle. I think it, I think the, the college. You want to go parter right now? No, God, don't. <laughs> you couldn't get your arms around me to gut wrench me, so I'm good. I can get my hands around them skinny ankles, of yours though. You ain't leg lacing me, brother. Froghorn leg Dude, horn. I've got the best leg lace defense ever. <laughs> um, top three, I got green. Uh, God. Other than that, is I think that's a freaking it's a freaking crapshoot, dude. I, I'm interested to see what you gotta pick and pick a top three. See what is doing. All right, man. Well, let's move on to 74 then, because I think that's something that I know you want to talk about. And who doesn't, right? I mean, who doesn't want to talk about 74 kilograms? Look, I think um, the match we've all been waiting to see this year, 
Dake versus Burroughs. But it's got to happen first. It's got to come to fruition. It's got to come Because this weight class is deep. You mentioned that earlier. Um, I think it's going to come to fruition, but but I totally agree. And I'm nervous to say this because I don't like to make people mad. I guess maybe I do. I don't care. Um, You piss me off all the time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think that the person that could let this match down to make it not come to fruition isn't Kyle Dake. I'm, pick, I, I'm picking up what you're putting I down, I think man. Kyle Dake makes the finals no matter what. I'm not sure that a Chris Perry and Alex Derringer can't knock, knock a Burroughs off right now. I, I don't know. I haven't. Last time we saw Burroughs, he goes out and you know wins some tight wins against some people that internationally don't have a ton of success, and we're talking about the World Cup, and then goes out and beats a uh, – and I think he like teched a dude from that took second at the Uregan. So what are we going to get from Burroughs? Because – Dude, all I can see in my mind is, you know, losing a tough one to to the dude from Russia in the Olympics, and then just getting his butt tacked by a, a nobody. Really? Who in the Olympics? Oh, at the Olympics? Yeah. Okay. Look, has Jordan Burroughs had the the last year that he's wanted to have, or that we're accustomed to seeing? Absolutely not. Is anybody in this weight class, with the exception of Kyle Dake? at the level of any of these guys that he's been wrestling overseas in the last six months. Derringer's had some pretty nice over, pretty nice international wins. Yeah, and Derringer also got his ass whooped by Dake. I mean, it wasn't I know close. That. Taken that, that, to the woodshed. That's why I'm concerned. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is, is I'm just not sure that... Look, this weight class is deep. Besides Dake and Burroughs, you've got guys like Derringer. Um, you've got Chris Perry, Matt Brown. Um, Anthony Valencia is going to be at this weight. I know there's some other studs out there, but those Kevin are the, Lavalle, not Kevin too Lavalle, bad. Kevin Lavalle, I think he actually gave Dake a loss in college. Um, but I think look, he did. <laughs> he might have been the last guy to give him a loss in college. Now that I'm thinking about it, anyway, um, I digress. But are any of those guys truly, even right now, at the level that Burroughs is at right now? Uh, you asked me before the Olympics. Obviously, the answer is no. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I think two things are going to happen. I think, one, we're going to see Burroughs, um, and it's going to be, look, he, he just doesn't quite have the the physical uh, attributes and characteristics to continually compete at the level he was competing at, um, you know, when he won his, basically, he won his Olympic medal and his, his world titles. Or two, we're going to see a Burroughs that's reignited, um, fired up, and ready to rock and roll. If we see the first one, I think that an Alex Derringer can beat him. If we see the second one, then I don't think anybody can beat him. You know, I said a year ago that I thought Derringer was the future at this weight class, and that was before Date came back and did what he did. Um, I think, though, if there's one person that could really shake things up in this weight class, it's Chris Perry. But we have, you know, obviously, I think Derringer could as well. But again, I go back to the question I keep asking myself is even right now with their accolades and as good as they are, are they even are they are they yet to the level that Jordan Burroughs is at even in his what we would call a regression at this point? And I'm not sure they are. And they might not be. And I I think it's fair to use the term regression. Look, I'm not going to say it to his face. Um you know, but 
Look, like like we've said, Father Time is under. It's not an insult. Yeah. It's just look. I mean, I think and look, guy. If people listening to this podcast, um, Flow Wrestling Nomad did a really nice article on this. Really broke down the statistics um, and the decline of points being scored by by Jordan Burroughs. It, it's very yeah. telling. It's a very telling statistic. But to me, you can still score less points than what you what you're accustomed to and still be a dominant wrestler Absolutely. and or win matches Absolutely. but you're going to have to change your style to, your style to do so well we saw that we saw that he stopped he didn't he hasn't shot a double leg that's the thing that's what i mean his like i said his physical attributes i think are changing as you get older dude look we all know you don't feel the same at 31 32 30, 30 years old that you do at 22 years old 23 years old um you know and is he on the decline? And look, who am I to sit common here? sense would tell you yeah. yes. But who am I to sit here and say like me? I'm a nobody, and it's, to, to call to tell a legend that he's on the decline. It like it hurts me to say this, but at the same time, you know, I'm a wrestling fan, and I'm calling it like I see it. And I'll say that again: if Bros is on the decline and he's not ready to wrestle, I think a Darren can beat him. Um, if if not, then I, I agree that I think that we're going to see the battle of the freaking century here. Um, between Burroughs and Dagan. I hear you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. But it depends um, on seeding, too. It Who does. Knows? Everything depends on seeding. I think we're going to see Burroughs and Dake obviously separated. Um, I think that's the I obvious. I hope so. I th- well, I think that's the obvious. Um, look, I think my top three in this weight class is going to be Dake, Burroughs, and Deeringer. If yep, I was picking too. a top three, um, I said I- I'm on record as saying this in the past. Um, I'm picking Dake over, over Burroughs. Um, a healthy Dake with the way he's been competing, the way he's been feeling, I think is a very dangerous wrestler, um, not only domestically but internationally as well. I, I mean, internationally, he's beaten like Chargouche. He's beaten, I mean, he's beaten, exactly. Exactly. He's beaten some pretty legit dudes. Um, and I was actually on record as well. And I, it's funny because I can remember when, when we said this on the podcast that I picked Dake and then I just, and I immediately said, did I just say that? And that was after Dake just annihilated Derringer. Correct. Um, I'm going Dake. And I'm going Dake because his positioning is so exceptional that if Burroughs doesn't have the blast double that he used to have, um, I'm not sure that he's going to be able to get to Dake's legs and, and finish. At the same time, you know, Burroughs might take him down, wrap him up with a lace, and end it like he did the last True. time they wrestled. True. Um, but, but you know what? I'm not going to even make excuses like maybe this could happen, maybe that could happen. I am 100% believing that Dake is going to is, is going to be Jordan Burroughs if Jordan Burroughs makes it. One of the great things about Dake that I've noticed in the last six months and his matches is that Dake, just like going back to college... We'll just crack beers at the same time. We did. Um, cheers, brother. Cheers. All right, so... If you remember Dake in his college days, one of the things that made him so great was his ability to wrestle in all three positions. Sure. Not only in all three positions, but hold position and dominate That's position. That's the biggest thing. Okay? Hold position. Hold position and dominate position. Well... What we've seen from him wrestling in the international style since he's come back, since he's been healthy, is his ability to wrestle in all positions. He is great holding positions. He is great attacking from his feet. He is great on parterre. He's got great parterre defense. And not only this, the only world team that Dake has ever made was a junior world team for Greco. I think a junior. It might have been Cadet. Um, was a Greco world team. He can throw. Do you remember when he tossed Burroughs in that match? Oh, baby. He lifted him and just threw him, souped him. Exactly. I mean, back, right? right. So, Dake is extremely dangerous in every position on the mat in this style. And I think that's what ultimately gives him the advantage. I think, and I, and I had something I was going to say, but I, and I forgot it. Um, and I apologize about that. 
I think that Kyle Dake is okay. No, this is what I was gonna say. Kyle Dake was very close to beating Jaden Cox, an Olympic bronze medalist, when he wasn't even coming close to eighty-six kilograms. Or what was that? Yeah, eighty-six. Yeah, he he was probably weighing it at eighty-three kilograms, and he almost beat Jaden Cox. He might have freaking medaled at the Olympics at eighty-six kilograms. you know, I'm a David Taylor fan, so I obviously pick David Taylor over Kyle Dake every time they wrestled. <laughs> so, I don't. So I, I know. Um, but but I always did give Dake respect. You know, you might not think I did, but I always did. And I think now I'm going to give him the ultimate respect, and I think he's going to dethrone Jordan Burroughs, and I think that he's the future. That's Love all I got it. to say about this. All That's right, man. Um, and I think that um, Chris Perry and Alex Derringer are, are, are going to also, um, you know, shake this weight up maybe a little bit. I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, you know the great thing about this? Flow Wrestling is streaming it this weekend. We'll get to watch it. Um, it hopefully they got a Facebook live feed going to at the same time, oh, just in case. Going there, huh? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But I am looking forward to watching it. So we're going to get to see it take place. Um, 86 kilograms, man. This is interesting. I think this is an interesting weight class. I think it's David Taylor's weight class to lose, but I think it's an interesting weight class. And I think there's two people that can beat David Taylor. There's, excuse me, there's nobody that can beat David Taylor in this tournament. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, man. No. I, I, again, it's David Taylor's weight class to lose, in my opinion. Um, I think this weight class in general is David Taylor's to lose, yep. depending upon whether or not Jaden Cox decides to come back. And even if he does decide to come back, I don't care. I'm not sure. You know, I, the way I've seen David Taylor wrestle, dude, I'm a David Taylor fan, right? I know you are. You know, I know you I'm are. I'm a huge David Taylor fan. Um, you know, just seeing but, him at World Cup, oh, and okay. people were talking about he could honestly go 0 4 at the World Cup, and he went 4 0 dominating. Yeah, but I'm going to go back to your Frank Molinero analogy. You were giving Frank all the hype in the world because he was one second away from be, being a medalist at the Olympics. Jaden Cox was a medalist at the Olympics. By the way, I'm not even sure Jaden Cox had an offensive point scored on him at the Olympics. So he didn't get taken down. Um, so he didn't get taken down. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, Jaden Cox has proved when the, when the lights are shining, that boy shows up to play. But he doesn't seem interested in wrestling. Well, you're right. And I think that, again, that's a, that's a big factor, the mental factor. He's going dancing with the stars, son. I bet he can dance. Dude. And sing. You hear his mama sing the national anthem? His mom can sing. Why do you yeah. think he can dance, though? I don't know. He does everything else well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I see what you're trying to do now. <laughs> I bet he can dance too. I'm about to give Rodney y- your address. Oh, Rodney can mess me up, dude. <laughs> so, anyway, no, I think this is going to be an interesting weight class. Again, let's get back on track, brother. Please. Um, David Taylor's to, lo- to lose. But there's some interesting guys registered in this weight class. And some of the ones you I'm going to read off. I'm going to get to our boy in a second. All right, all right, um, all right. You know, Gabe Dean, going to be a player at this weight class. For Bo, sure. Bo Nickel can be a player at this weight class. <laughs> Richard Perry is a stud at this weight. I mean, that boy can compete in the international Dude style. Dude almost had Dake beat in the semis <clears throat> of the um, Correct. Olympic team trials. Correct. Um, you know, then you got guys like, hey, Ohio State boy making a comeback. Nick Heflin's going to be competing. Um, I saw that. TJ Dudley's going to be in this bracket. Vic Avery's going to be in this bracket. You know one of Nick then, Heflin's last wins was? Pin, <laughs> pin Bo Nickel. Yeah. He, he did? Yeah, he freaking pin Bo Nickel at um, a tournament. I forget which one it was. Not in college, right? No. It okay. Was, it was an international or It was a freestyle tournament last oh, year. I'm like, I, they didn't wrestle in oh, college. Oh, last chance. You, you big Last dummy. chance qualifier. Gotcha. All right. Um, and then obviously, I'm not saying this because 
He's our boy. I'm saying this because I truly believe it. I think the real sleeper in this weight is Pat Downey. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Pat Downey. I had a nice conversation with somebody the other day um, about Pat Downey. And there's some things that I think people felt to realize. Now, look, it's not a given. I mean, he comes with more baggage than an airline. But he is by far, when it comes to talent alone, one of the most talented wrestlers in this entire tournament, just on pure talent. He is. Um, I'll get it out there right now that I, you know, I can't back Pat Downey as a person. Um, you know, some of the things he said on Twitter, some of the words he's used, it's just, it's just not something that that I can get behind. Um, and I'm sorry about that. You know, obviously we did the interview with him. We let him tell his side of the story, and and I'm fine with that. And and I still stand beside that. But obviously I I can't back him as a person right now. With just kind of some of the things that he said. But as a wrestler, um, he might be the second most talented man in this weight class, only to David Taylor. And the funny thing is, I kind of agree with you there. Um, do I think he places top three in this tournament? I have no idea because you just Dude, don't knows? you don't know which version of him you're going to get. And again, I'll continue to say this about this weight class. It is David Taylor's to lose. I think Gabe Dean could do great things in this weight class with his style of wrestling. I was about to say that he's got a okay. great freestyle type pedigree because he holds position very it's well. The, it's the Dake factor. Yeah. He, yeah, and and it's it's really the international factor. <clears throat> Correct. You know, it's the Russians and the Iranians. Right. He holds He's position patient, very well. Holds position. He he has a great snatch single, right? You know, you don't really see Russians and Iranians dropping the knees as often as you see Americans. He 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 wrestles more in a, like in an international style than a lot of other wrestlers do, and I think that that's going to help him. Um, you know, if not in you know the the uh, the, uh, the team trials. Excuse me, the um, U.S. Open, but also in the future in um, um, international competition. Yeah, um, no, I totally agree with you. I think Dean can definitely do some damage at this weight class. I think, in pure terms of freestyle, um, I think Richard Perry is probably the new, number two guy in this weight class, in my opinion. Um, extremely talented, has some big wins, um, but I keep going back to, I keep going back to Pat Downey, and I think what a lot of people forget to realize is. Look, the guy's had a, a troubling year without a doubt, but there's a case to be to be made that his entire life has probably been a little bit troubling. Um, no doubt. We're I all, agree with that. We're all aware of the things that he's been in. Um, here's a guy that went out and made the junior junior world team without hardly training. You know, Junior world silver medalist, right? Yeah, and then he went out. He, he, he won the junior world team trials without a structured training environment, from my understanding, basically doing stuff on his own. And then he goes out and he wins the trials, and then he goes out and gets a silver medal at the, at the junior worlds. That says something about a boy's talent. Let's not forget that he came into the NCAA tournament last year with a record of about 4-1 and one, and then proceeds to take, I think, fifth in a very, a, a very deep 197-pound weight class. No, I I think it's it's hard to argue his talent. Um, you know, I don't put him above an Austin Trotman or a Richard Perry. I think that Austin Trotman has had a hell of a year. Um, he's placed at um, a number of different um, you know uh, freestyle tournaments this year. Richard Perry is is, is just a consummate. Yeah, I mean, I um, said Perry's probably the number yeah. two guy at this weight class, and I, and I like I like Perry Trotman and Taylor. Um, I think the Gabe Deans is the wild card. I think the Bo Nickel could be. I'm not sure. <sighs> If his style, based on the physicality of some of these dudes, is going to get him in trouble, and, and that's no disrespect to Bo Nickel, no, none at all. Um, I think that I think that he could also throw a wrench in, in, in some things. Uh, it's cool to see Vic Avery uh, wrestling. He's an Ohio RTC guy. 
Um, he was an All-American uh, finalist, I think, for Edinburgh. Yep. So that's also cool. I, I'm not sure how much of a player he's going to be in this. But, hey, you know, good for the Ohio RTC to have some guys entered in there. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, again, David Taylor's weight class to lose. I think Perry's the number two guy. Um, and then from there, I, th- I, I'd really love to see it, you know, what goes down between Gabe Dean, Bo Nickel and Pat Downey. I think, I, I really I think see Pat Downey. Downey can, can shake things up. What do you in this think about a class? nickel Pat Downey? I think it would be, uh, somebody's getting dropped up. on their head. It would be fire. Somebody's getting dropped on their head. Um, what do you take between, uh, let's just, let's just hypothetically say that, um, that Jaden Cox wrestles, um, at the, at the, uh, world team trials and he sits in the finals. Who's your, who's your, World team member. Who's our world team member? Man, that's a tough. I, I think that's a tougher question than Dake versus Burroughs, in my opinion. If you if you want me to be honest, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> this is what I'll say. Okay, and call, call me stupid, call me dumb. I don't care. David Taylor has lit in the world on fire at every level he's wrestled at, and people get so caught up in his excitement. And, and what he does. He's extremely good. He's extremely exciting to watch. And then you go out and, you you know, we know what happened with Bubba Jenkins, okay? But then we go out and we watch his struggles with Kyle Dake. Yeah. He okay. struggled with, with one of the best wrestlers of all time. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Jaden Cox, is when he wants to wrestle, he's one of the best wrestlers there is, period. We saw it in the finals, I think, this year of the NCAA tournament. Correct. When he turns it on, he turns it on. I think he's every bit as athletic. I think he's every bit as offensive. Um, and I would even put his scrambling ability there with Dake. Ooh, I, what I, Dake does would, that that is so good, though, is his ability to chain wrestle. And I think that's what makes him so good and so dangerous. But I also think that you – know, I'm not Dake. I'm sorry, Taylor. Um, yeah. I know what you're saying. I, I think Taylor – I think his size is caught up with him a little bit, but I'm not sure. And by caught up with him, you mean that he's kind of he's filling he's filling into that weight class. But I still think you know a guy like Cox has more horsepower, um, is just every bit as good. I I don't know, man. I I think David Taylor's on fire right now. I I I think he's really showing that he he's he wants to be the guy at this weight class. But you know, how can you discount a guy that just won an Olympic bronze medalist? And the only answer I have to say that is because he's not really that interested in wrestling. That's a good point. And if he's interested in wrestling and going, and if he's interested in wrestling and he's training as hard as, we'll say, David Taylor, or, you know, training as hard as he was for the Olympics, I think it's a freaking one of the best matches we get a chance. I, I think that, boom, we've got some depth. Um, I think if he just decides maybe eventually to wrestle, I think David Taylor eats him up. If he just, you know, if he's just not that interested, but decides maybe because he gets to sit in the finals, he wants to wrestle. But who knows? Dude, dude took a flyer. Excuse me. Dude took a flyer on wrestling at the World Team or Olympic Team Trials. You okay? Yeah. <clears throat> Swallowed something there. Did you swallow a bug? Yeah. <laughs> Dude took a flyer wrestling the Olympic Team Trials. <laughs> now I'm really annoyed by your voice. What the hell is wrong with you? Let me finish my sentence. Dude took a flyer, wrestled at the Olympic Team Trials, was seated ninth. Goes out and wins it over guys like Kyle Dake and David Taylor. And then goes and takes a, wins bronze at the Olympics. Right. Dude was planning on spending the summer probably just hanging out with chicks. And decided again, instead I'm going to win a bronze medal. There you go. Right, so I can't answer your question. I don't know. Um, uh, my answer is Taylor. All right. I love it. I like it. 
Um, last two weight classes, 97 kilograms, 125 kilograms. 97 kilograms Kyle isn't, isn't doing anything for me. This is Kyle Snyder's weight class. He's not wrestling in this tournament. Um, they're all just battling to see who gets to uh, uh, basically just go to the world team trials. You get paid? And, no, uh, but you get paid if you're top three in the world team. Yeah, I mean, you make the national team. I, I, I was being I was, a little bit of sarcasm there, buddy. Um, 125 kilograms though. There's some guys at this weight. Um, and it's kind of like the question to me is who's the guy that's going to emerge and be the guy, um, at this weight class. Cause you've got some studs, you've got Tony Nelson, you've got Gwazowski, um, Zach Ray, Dom Bradley. Uh, I know one of your all time favorites, Bobby Telford. Oh, um, I love BB Telford. Um, <laughs> Zach Ray's the answer to this question. You think so? Uh, yeah, I think that you know what I don't want to see. He doesn't get a lot of respect. You know what I don't want to see? I don't want to see a Zach Ravers Bobby Telford match. Oh my! Do you ever God. remember that drill? Remember that drill, like in in high school, when it's like uh, uh, guy A guy A tries to slap the leg of the other guy, and the other guy's got to try to keep him from slapping his slapping leg. leg. That's what that match would be, leg. you know? Yeah, it would be like a leg slapping contest. Ray Ray beat a pretty legit dude um, to help us win a um, a dual meet at the. Uh, um, World Cup. Nice. Quiz went on too. He did go on too. Um, I'm not sure Ray gets the respect that he deserves. He's he's done pretty much everything but beat Travel Delagnev. Um, he's next on the ladder in my opinion. All right. Hey, what about you? What do you? I like think? it. You like Quiz, right? Everybody likes Quiz. I like Quiz and Ray. To be honest, I mean, I I like Wiz's offense, but like we saw at the World Cup, we didn't really see it, did we? No, and, and, and we've seen him wrestle, and I think Gwiz is winning the match, and Ray ended up beating him on maybe a push out or something like that. But mm-hmm. Ray's probably a little more savvy. But now maybe Gwiz, he's had a year to prepare. Who knows what we're going to see? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Gwiz and Ray are probably the top two guys at this weight class. Um, something tells me that Bobby Telford may be the third guy in this weight class. Is that true? Yeah, I haven't looked at that. Oh God. So how about the women's world team trials taking place this weekend? Um, there's a lot on the line in these matches, obviously, to win a spot on that world team. Um, and some there's some good storylines in some of these weight classes. And I and I'll preface this by saying, you know, before four months ago, or no, not even that, maybe two or three months ago, my knowledge of women's wrestling was very limited. But I've been trying to educate myself more on it lately. Um, Same here. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm an expert on on the women's freestyle circuit. Um, I, I'm not. I, I want to get better at, 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 at um, you know, kind of understanding, um, you know, who the players are. Right. But but I agree with you. So, but yeah, I think it's worth. It's definitely worth talking about. I would at least love to run through these weight classes and just talk about you know some of the big names that are going to be competing. Maybe some of the key players in our eyes. Um, obviously, if we miss anyone, it's not an oversight on purpose um it's our lack of knowledge it's our lack of knowledge so please hit us up give us some information on on these women wrestlers because one of my biggest issues right now is that it's so hard to find information on the uh, on women's wrestler on women wrestlers in general right now but for, you know, 48 kilograms um, is where it starts. Look, I, I, th- like Victoria Anthony, I think Victoria baby. Anthony is the favorite at this weight class. Yeah. I agree with you. No, we're on the same page on that. Um, I, but I think we need to make a shout out Let's to, shout to a out. local girl, a girl that wrestled on a high school team here in the Dayton area that we had the pleasure of coaching against. Ben? Yeah, Sarah Allen. She wrestles for the University of Cumberland. Um, I know she'd made the finals, um, I believe, um, 
uh, in the, the women's uh, collegiate wrestling championships uh, at least once. I'm not sure what she did this year. I haven't checked it out, but I know last year she did. And so she wrestled at the team trials um, last year. So shout out to her. She's from Wayne High School, uh, Dayton Wayne. And, uh, yeah, we got to coach against her a couple different times. And I tell you what, she was tough. Yeah, I mean, she was definitely tough, especially, you know, for who she had to wrestle against. And obviously she's doing good things right now down at Cumberland. Um, but, yeah, we, we wanted to give the local girl a shout-out, wishing her the best of luck. Um, you know, other than that, at 48 kilograms, I think Erin Golston is a name worth, worth mentioning. She's had some, some some success out there as well. But I agree with you, Ben. I think Victoria Anthony's the favorite at this weight class. Yeah, I think I think, that, I think that's from, – from what I know, I, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, 53 kilograms you know, we've got, um, the Olympian last year at 48 kilograms, um, Haley Aguello, she's got to be the favorite in my opinion at this weight class. Um, I wonder why I she will... went up to uh, 53. Do you think it just, I mean, it looked, she looked freaking lean for the Olympics. Um, right. You know, I, and that was obviously Helen's weight, right? Um, I think was, I think 55 was Helen's weight. Wasn't it? Was it 53 it was or 55? 53. Okay. No, 55 was what she was wrestling, but then when they, Cut the weights. It was fifty three. Okay, she had okay. to go down. Thanks now for she's fifty eight though. But yeah, um, so that that might have been one of the reasons why. But she's probably going to be one of the favorites here. I got I got to believe, right? Yeah, and don't Haley forget, Haley Aguilo. I think is the favorite there. Um, and cre- if I'm wrong on this, I apologize. But I do believe that Whitney Condor is also the one who beat Marulis out for the 2012 Olympic spot. That that's something I don't know. I, I think so. You know, we should probably look that up at some point in time. But I think Condor's going to be a player here. Um, I want to give a shout out to one of the hometown girls for us. She's from Columbus, Ohio. She's young. She just signed on to wrestle at I think Cumberland. Her name is Autumn Gordon. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, Autumn Gordon out of uh, Lancaster High School in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I knew about this girl long before she started becoming on the scene as a wrestler because she is an absolute animal on the mat in no-gi submission grappling and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I think she's won Worlds. um, She's won, I want to say, maybe Worlds Pan Am. So she had a lot of success. Um, She competed out of, uh, I think it's out of Ohio Combat Sports Academy in Columbus under Dustin Ware and Team Sauce. So as a person that kind of knows a little bit about BJJ, obviously you've done some competitions in that. Mm -hmm. How do you think that's going to translate? Well, I think, I think, I mean, obviously she's got mat skills and she's got mat awareness. Um, I think it's translated quite well for her. She was a district qualifier for Lancaster um, and oh, Ohio really? High School, which is D one, I believe. Yeah. So that that's that's big in the Columbus area. Um, and then you know now she's got a scholarship to wrestle for. Uh, for I believe it's Cumberland. I, I think she, right. I think she's also had some, some some success at the body bar tournaments and some other tournaments as well. So again, just she's young. I don't think this is her year. Obviously, probably not, Haley's, huh? Yeah, especially when you got a girl like you know Haley Agello in that weight class, who I think looked pretty damn good at the Olympics. I think that you know she she had a chance to you know she had a chance to medal. I think she made kind of made that mistake against the, the lady from Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, where she got slipped off in reverse and then kind of gutted a couple of times or something like that. But she, she she took that girl from Japan down first. So I think that she can make some noise on the world level. Yeah, and I think she will, too. I, I think she will. I mean, the girl's still in college. She's young. These girls are young, man. Yeah, I, I know. And I think that's what's cool about this is a lot of these <laughs> people are still you know, competing collegiately. Exactly. Um, 55 kilograms. When I was looking at this weight class, I kept asking myself, who is the favorite? And I'm not really sure. I think... 
You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? Hold on. I was wrong on the Whitney Condor thing. I said that was who beat Marulis for the 2012 spot. Marulis beat Condor for the 2016 spot. Okay. Kelsey Campbell at 55 kilograms is who beat Marulis in 2012. So I apologize for that. Um, I think she's got to be one of the favorites here. Um, I think an up-and-comer who's doing some big things right now is Sarah Hildebrandt. Um, like you said, and I also think Becca Leathers is a name that can that can do some damage. Those as well. are those are the three names uh, that, that pop off the page to me. Um, you know, I like Hildebrand in this weight class. Oh, you picking Hildebrand, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I like it. I like it. Um, Fifty-eight kilograms. The story here is uh, Marulis making the jump. Yeah, man. I mean, she cut a ton of weight as we, as we saw from that. Uh, yeah. Um, but but it's interesting that she doesn't go to fifty-five, right? Fifty-three. That's a couple, you know, that's about six extra pounds, a little over six extra pounds to go to 50, 55, which is where she was at before. And she says, F it, I'm going to go 58. You know, could it be partially I got my Olympic gold and now I'm sick of cutting a ton of weight? Or could it be that she's just growing, you know, getting bigger? Girls can get bigger too. You know, they can lift, they can get bigger. Um, it's interesting. I'm not sure that if that's the best way for her or not. She knows better than I do. Yeah, you know, I think it's a good point. I think, I think it's important to, to state, look, she went out. She won the Olympic gold medal. I think it's fantastic that she's still competing. This is a non-Olympic year. Ultimately, this is just the rules for her. So it's all about the mat time and all about improving. So why not just go out there at a weight that you're comfortable with and worry about just getting better? Yeah, but I want. I want to. We need medals, right? I mean, and, and I hate to be selfish about it, but the more medals we get as, as a country, the better. You're a selfish bastard. Man. I know. <laughs> so so we'll see. Um, but I do believe she's the favorite at this weight class. Oh, she's definitely yeah. the favorite at this weight class. But internationally is what I'm talking about. I'm wondering if she's more suited for 55. Um, again, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, 60 kilograms. There's some interesting names in this weight class. I think the first one that pops off the list is Allie Reagan. Um, I think she just took a silver medal at the Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. Allie Reagan just medaled in the, um, the worlds, I thought for the non-Olympic, um, and you weights. may be right, but I also yeah. thought she took a silver, I think she took a bronze. <laughs> Did she take a bronze? Yeah, I think and she then... took a bronze at the non-Olympic, uh, weight, uh, Worlds. All right. Sorry, man. Again, I can only do so I'm much man, research. I'm not mad at you. I'm, not mad at you. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just saying I'm pretty sure that's what um, she did. And I, I also think that she uh, took a silver at the Uregan. Um, then again, I could have my names mixed up. Um, I think she is the favorite at this weight class. Another name that I'm looking for some big things from is Jenna Burkert, in my opinion. Um, I think she's had a lot of success out there as well. She's from Army, right? She wor- yeah, she wrestles for the real class athlete program for Army. Who else you got at that weight class that you think can make some noise? Oh, uh, that, that, those are the two that I that pop off the page for me. Are you stuttering? Yeah, those are the two that pop off the page for me. <laughs> All right, good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, but I'm taking Allie Reagan. You taking Allie sorry, Reagan? Sorry, Burker. No, I mean I think she is the favorite. I think it's safe to say that she is the favorite. Um, next weight, sixty three kilograms. Um, there wasn't a lot on here. I had to do a little research on this one. The, the two names. In Forest. There's two names that really kind of pop off there is. again or kind of stand out to me. One is Alexis Porter. I think she was a 2016 junior world bronze medalist. Um, and then also Jennifer Page, who I think was the OW, the outstanding wrestler at the U.S. Senior Nationals in December. What about um, Rachel? Uh, is it Waters? Tell me about her. I, I don't know much about her, but I've just I've heard the name. Yeah, what did you hear? I've heard that she's pretty good. All right, so are you saying she's the favorite? Yeah, no, I don't know, man. You're just trying to add some input here. Yeah. 
Are we not in your wheelhouse right now, Ben? No, not you're not quite in my wheelhouse, man. But you know, I'm doing my best. I really am. And and it's not a disrespect thing. I hope people don't take it as a disrespect. No, nope. we're learning. We're yeah, making a commitment we to learn. Yeah. Um, sixty nine kilograms. I know we're flying through some of this. I apologize. Um, ultimately, two names that kind of stood out to me. One is Elena. I'm gonna pronounce this last name wrong. Ben, help me out here. It's Pira Trukova. Nice. Pira Zhukova, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, she was a uh, world medalist. Yep. She was our Olympic representative last year. Um, I think she was actually, God, what I want to say she's a world champ. Was she? I think she was a world champ. Are you sure? Um, I don't know. I know she was a world medalist maybe a couple times. Um, man, you know, she she looked pretty good at the Olympics too, and I think lost a couple lost a match that – she might not have got, got drawn back into the Revishaw, but she lost a match that she shouldn't have. Yeah. You know? Um, she, she, she's going to win this weight class in my opinion, unless, um, you know, she's also, you know, getting a little older too, you know, mm-hmm. so the same thing happens to women that they do men, you know, fair point. And I guess if I was going to mention another name in this weight class, I'd ha- also have to mention Mensa. I think she's done some good things out there on the senior circuit as well. I think that'd be a good match. Yeah. I think it, I'm looking forward to seeing if it happens. Um, the last weight class, 75 kilograms. The question in this weight class to me is who takes Adeline Gray's spot? I think this is a weight class that's kind of been dominated by Adeline Gray in recent years, right? Well, yeah, she's definitely dominated it. She's a, a world champ. and um, she's, she's all right. Yeah, and she was our Olympic uh, representative. And, I, you know, obviously we all think that was kind of a disappointment when she didn't medal the Olympics. Right. But, but you know, I think you wrestle that, you wrestle that tournament again. She, she has a chance to definitely win it. Um, you know, my pick here is, is our girl Julia Salata, though. Yeah, I, I think it comes down to Julia Salata and Aaron Clojo. I think I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm no, not, yeah, I and, and they've wrestled before. Correct. You know, um, and I think Clojo has beaten her. Yep. Um, yep. Multiple Absolutely. times, more than once, I believe. I don't know if it's more than once, but I do know that she's beaten her. I watched that at least once. Time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then another name to, to mention here um, it would be Victoria Francis, in my opinion. Sure. Um, but I think Salata's kind of had her her number over the years. Um, I think it does boil down to to Julia and Aaron, in my opinion. It's interesting. Salada, you know, was up at seventy five when we talked to, talked to her. She said she's probably going to weigh in at seventy three kilograms. She just she feels comfortable wrestling wrestling, um, you know, uh, bigger women. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it sounds like you and Julia have something in common. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. But it's true. I mean, she did say that. Yeah. She made that statement. So, um, yeah, wish her the best of luck. I would love to see her make a world team. Um, yeah, I mean, she just she just took a university uh, world bronze medal. So a few years ago. Oh yeah, she just won a university nationals championship. That, her fourth that's, one, that's I think. Yeah, I think it was her fourth one. Yeah. Um, I get all these statistics messed up in my head. <laughs> There's so many running through our head, you know. All right, man. That's about all I got for today. What about you, Ben? That's it, man. That was a. It was. It was good to sit down and talk to you here about you know a little bit of wrestling. I love it. It's my favorite thing we do every week. Um, I'm really excited to see how these uh how these weight classes shake up this week. And you be watching? Oh, I'm gonna be watching. I'm, we'll probably watch together at some point. I'm sure. I'm good with that. All right, so that's all we got for you guys today. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, this was episode number 23 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget, hit us up on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. Give us some feedback through email, the Inside Trip One at gmail.com. You can find our podcast at all your little podcast locations. Yeah. Find it, download it, subscribe, listen, rate, review. Give listen us some of them good reviews. Listen to Ben's annoying voice. If I got to listen to it, you got to listen to it. All right, that's it. That's all we got for you. And if we can leave you with one piece of advice, you know what it is. What is it, Ben? Don't wind up on your back, bro.